0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast, recapping day two of the NCAA Outdoor Championships. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Thanks, everyone, who is joining us live via YouTube. Don't forget to put comments in the chat as we break down this second day of action. Gordon, how are you doing, sir?
1: Doing good. Another day in the books. Uh, Not as dramatic finishing that 10K that we had on the men's side, but a good storyline with Baez kind of getting redemption from her loss two years ago. She had to wait an extra year to kind of redeem her loss to Wendy Kalati by beating the cross-country champion in Mercy Chalengat. So it's not like the field was a weak field. she defeated defeat the cross-country champ in convincing fashion. I was surprised that Baez made the move when she did. She sat on Chalengat the entire race until two laps ago where she went for the lead. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, hey, if this doesn't work out, you're going to regret making that move. But clearly, it worked out. She made the move at the right moment. Clearly, she felt strong and fit enough to be able to maintain that pace and slowly even ratchet it down harder in the final 800. And then with 400 to go, it was game over. got had no response to uh, her move, and she's now an NCAA champion.
0: Yeah, once she made that push... You could tell Chalangat was in react mode and Baez was totally the aggressor at that point. It started off pretty slow. I think Chalangat maybe needed to take a little bit of the sting out of Baez's kick earlier. But you go through, you look at these splits. It was just a parade of 80s and 79s throughout the first 5,000. Then Chalangat drops in about after 6K, a little bit of a move, drops him down to 75s, some 76s there. The pack winnows, but it was really that move, you're right, with two laps to go when Baez pops out from behind her shoulder and then moves to the front. She got to enjoy it too. You could tell coming off the, the home stretch. She looked up at the the video board there at Hayward, and you could tell she knew, and that's gotta be a pretty awesome feeling. Obviously, it would have been even better if you have a full stadium at that point, but winning an NCAA title at home in your last race, it doesn't get much much better than that for. Baez. And I was thinking the whole latter part of this race, Gordon, yeah, Chelan gets the cross-country champion, but Baez has been in this spot before because of that Wayney Kaladi 10K, which was a weird race. If people remember that from 2019, Kaladi had that huge lead. Baez just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Drew even, and actually I think was ahead of her in the last hundred. And then Kaladi responded to take it away. So, is not a stranger to big moments, to pressure-packed final lap scenarios, and she she gets the gets the win here. How big of an upset do you think this was?
1: It's not that big of an upset. My rankings had Chilinga one and Bias two. Um, even though Chilinga was the front runner, I don't think she had the the reputation of like multiple multiple years of dominance of an event. Or throwing down incredible top times the way, like a, a, like a Kip 2 did on the men's side. So it kind of made like it's not really that big of a shock. It makes sense. She clearly, she's a fifth year senior or sixth year, I'm not sure, because of COVID years. Uh, so she has the experience. Um, she clearly knows how to race a championship 10K the right way. We saw it when she almost took down Kaladi. Um, And yeah, I think it it makes sense. She got still kind of new to the scene. I mean, she didn't become this like NCAA favorite until March of this year. Up up until then, (laughs) the only person who knew about her was me and people from Alabama, right? So uh, it's not like she uh, she beat a world beater, but it's still an impressive run. Good way to finish out your collegiate career for Baez. She formerly ran at Florida State, transferred to Oregon. She didn't have cross-country eligibility this year. So she was all focused on this outdoor season. And she put together the best race of her, her career at the right moment on in Hayward Field. So big ups to the senior from Oregon.
0: And behind Baez and Chalangat, Maria Mettler of Air Force gets third in thirty-two thirty-four. Izzo of Arkansas, thirty-two thirty-four as well. They both set personal bests, as did Haley Herberg of Washington in fifth and Claire O'Brien of Boise State in sixth. It was interesting. For the shoe people out there, the people taking notes on what every shoe athlete people. wears on their feet, of which I'm trying not to be one of. Chelangat was wearing flats. Chelangat was wearing the Vaporfizer Next Percent or something. She was wearing flats, and Baez was was in spikes. I know there's been some discussion about that because of different federations and or, uh, governing bodies accepting certain marks. So it was interesting. She went the the flat route. We saw in the men's race all the contenders were in in spikes um so Trelanga runner up good season for her though now on Great the, now on the now on the radar goes from just somebody Gordon was going to argue about with people on the podcast to now a NCAA champion and then an NCAA runner up pretty good
1: yeah very good um meet overall uh not too many crazy surprises i felt Um, There were a couple big names that make the final. Um, I'll probably start. I thought my biggest surprise in not making the final was Aaliyah Miller of Baylor, not making it out of the 800, the NCAA indoor champion. Um, I was talking to uh, Johanna, who has kind of followed Aaliyah Miller's career uh, past few years. And she did say to me, like, typically Miller doesn't really always have the best prelim and that she really kind of really shows up the best in a final. And I think we kind of saw that. She didn't have her best prelim, clearly. She got fourth in her race, and uh, she wasn't able to make it out of that 800 group. And it's not like it was that fast of a race. I mean, Mm -hmm. 203.88 qualified. She ran 204. I mean, I think Miller is on the verge of being a sub-two runner, and uh, to not get out of this prelim has got to be devastating for her. Um, Hopefully, she can kind of recoup this this experience and kind of refocus and try to have a, a great trials experience, maybe work your way to try to qualify for that trials final, which I think will be a good uh, way to to kind of redeem herself from not doing well here in this outdoor season to kind of end it with uh, U.S. trials 800-meter uh, final. So,
0: Yeah, that third heat was the slowest, and you could tell after 400 meters, hey, they're only going to get two women in this Final, and it ended up being yeah. Gabrielle Wilkinson and Michaela Meyer, which left out Camp of, of BYU, who made it in the 15. But you could see her making this final as well. And Miller, two very good runners, two runners who, at the very least, top five. Miller, a co-favorite at the very, very least uh, after her indoor performances. But that that first heat really got things going with Amber Tanner of Georgia breaking 202, the only woman to go under 202. Also Barton in that heat as well. You know, part of it's just how the heats break down. But when you're in that third heat, you know, you have the advantage of knowing the time to beat. You know who the big cues and the small cues are, and you, you can adjust accordingly. So once that first 400 was slow, you knew it's probably going to only be two women, and that's what ended up happening.
1: Yeah, we got a comment from DC Null. Again, add, uh, comment live on the podcast uh, on YouTube, whenever you want. Try and do this awesome, get the community involved. If you're listening to this on a podcast format on like <laughs> tomorrow, then write us a letter. You know, send us a carrier pigeon or something. We'll see if we can get to it. But he, uh, DC Null said, I understand why it is so, but it just feels pretty anticlimactic that a Thingmo is not in the 800. This whole 800 event feels kind of irrelevant. I mean, you have a point, right? We, if no no offense to these eight, eight, nine women who are in the final. I mean, they're all 202, 201 type caliber women, maybe two flat high, but when you know there's someone wearing a collegiate jersey who could win 157 who's going to be watching this race, you kind of wish you would have her in that race to kind of see what could happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. hey, we still get Mo in the 400, which we'll get to a little bit later. But yeah, I agree. It would be cool if She was in this 800, but hey, I think Mo's her own person. She gets to choose what she wants to do. She's so good in the 800, she doesn't even need to run it to be considered the best (laughs) 800-meter runner in the nation. Like, There's going to be two 800-meter national champions, and if anyone asks you who is the best 800-meter runner in 2021, (laughs) neither of the national champions will be mentioned. It'll be a thing, though.
0: So, yeah well, it would have been interesting if if Miller went on to win, it would have been an interesting yeah. not an, not necessarily an argument but it just would have been interesting hey this, this person won indoor outdoor, but another woman has a collegiate record would have been an interesting footnote in history yeah i I think it is weird you always want to see the best person in every event compete, but this just isn't uh NCAA issue. Go back to last world championships. Safan Hassan was probably the best 5,000 meter runner. You know how I know that? She won the 1500 and she won the 10,000, but she didn't run it. Shawna Miller Weibo probably could have won that 200 over Dina Asher Smith, but she didn't run it because of the schedule. I don't, any college kid, I don't blame them not doubling. I mean, you saw tonight, boom, 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 how quickly these races come. We saw Akira Nugent. She's on my screen running hurdles. And then the next moment she's on my screen again, running the hundred. I mean, it was crazy. And those are short races. And, Come Saturday for the women and Friday for the men, that 5K, 10K – or 1,500, 10K double that Hawker's going to try to do uh, or the steeple 5,000 double that we've seen some people do is brutal. It's absolutely brutal. So I don't blame anybody for just trying to focus on one event, but it certainly changes the, the dynamic. What other surprises did you have in terms of people not making it in distance events?
1: Uh, Hannah Steelman didn't make it in the steeple. That was kind of surprising. Um, 1,500, Whitney Orton didn't make it in the 15. That's a big surprise. Chrissy Gear, who could, be, could argue was the favorite, almost didn't make it. She got in on the last one on time. Uh, I think there's a lot of, yeah. you know, Kaylee Richards is a pretty good 1,500-meter uh, runner for UMass Lowell. She didn't make it. So I could say, I think Whitney Orton, Aaliyah Miller. I mean... Hannah Sealman, I guess that's my big three of the distance runners who didn't make it to the final.
0: They those two heats for the 1500 were well, one was fast. One was one was very fast, and the other one was uh you know, four thirteen was the winning time. So it was in the middle, about what you you'd expect. But that first one was Sage Hurdle leading the way four oh eight, Camp, four oh nine, Dijanero, four oh nine. Like they took all the spots. Tynismog did a good job getting that pace going. But again, just like with with the 800, you knew, okay, the second heat's going to really have to get it going if they want to get any of the non-automatic qualifiers through, and they didn't. It was all bunched up with 100 to go because Orton was there. She just got boxed in, and positioning was a little bit screwed up, and she was sixth, and only five went: Donahue, Rivers, uh, Aragon ran a really tactically a solid race. Almost could have had three in there for Stanford, but Hamak took a tumble. I don't know if you saw that in those last 50 meters, but she, she went to the track and I don't know if there's going to be a protest or if this thing is, is, is official as of this recording can never be too sure when it comes to I think NCAA championships. Think,
1: there was a protest, but I think it didn't fall through. Uh, I'm not sure for that reason specifically, but I, ch- I keep on refreshing the results every like 15 minutes to see anything changes and she didn't make it through. So.
0: Gotcha. From what I saw. Yeah. Okay. But uh,
1: there, like, there were some Orton other like there were some other falls too. Yeah, Orin has a 5K, so I was saying there you talk about Haymac falling, there were some other falls like uh Tiana, I forget her name, from Arkansas, the Arkansas sprinter, she fell in the 4 by one Well, the, the Arkansas had a weird day in the sprints where they uh, what's her name? I, I I should get her name right. Hold on. Uh what's Women's 100. Uh, yeah, Tiana Wilson. So Tiana Wilson, she fell in the women's four-by-one and then was a DNS in the 100 and 200. And she is one of those athletes that Arkansas was looking to to kind of score multiple points in three different events. So Arkansas's kind of team podium-type chances kind of went out the window as soon as one of their top sprinters didn't have the best of prelim day, which I thought was an interesting thing. There was also a hurdler that fell. There was a lot of falling on the track, a lot, a of, lot, a of, lot, a of, lot of, I mean spills. That's what I was noticing most of the time. All these spills.
0: So okay, Gordon had his eyes on the spills. Steeple, yes. that's always a good spot for spills. But steeple at the front of the pack, they were flying, Gordon. They were flying both these heats very fast. Courtney Weymouth and Joyce Kameli win their heats. You mentioned Steelman being out, but look at some of these times from the qualifiers in the women's steeplechase. 932 for Weymouth, Aneta Konecak 934, Kameli, 935, Rainsberger 936, Prouse 937. I just see a sea of PBs up there. The only one who didn't get the PB who advanced was was Weymouth, who had a little bit of a burst at the end. I don't know how much. Is
1: it? Uh, Kevin, Kevin, your internet keeps up? on coming in and out. Your internet keeps on coming in and out. You freeze on me and then you come back. So just so you know, so maybe if you talk slower, we'll figure. Oh, it's my internet. My internet keeps on going out. Okay.
0: Thank you, Colt. Just cut Gordon off next time (laughs) he tries to besmirch my internet. I'm not going to say my internet company right now, but they do a good job. Okay, and I don't want any attacks from Gordon about how bad my internet is. So, okay. Waymit though, Konyachek, Camelli. Do you think that I've been talking about the collegiate record in this in this event all year? Nine twenty-four. They're going to have to lop off a considerable amount of time. From that, But do you think that's doable in the final with this many women running under 940 in a prelim?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. And Wayman has a reason to at least break 930, right? She wants to get the Olympic standard. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're going to be going for it. And I, I definitely think there's a chance that Frederick's 924 could be in jeopardy. We're at least going to see a, a, a sub 928, I think. Like, we'll see potentially... A top four all time mark. So mm-hmm.
0: that seems inevitable just to win. Yeah. I mean, just to just to probably even get top three in this race, you're going to need something very quick. It's just, it's interesting to see the top of that list. And it's just a who's who of the pro sepal scene right now in the United States between Fredericks, Coburn, um, Quigley, and obviously what Jenny Simpson did at that distance is, is well documented. And now she's on to the 1500. A lot of chalk, I thought, in some of these other events. The 100, the big four that I talked about before, move forward. Hurdles looked like pretty much everybody advanced, unless I'm missing somebody. Were there any big uh, non-qualifiers in in those sprints that you saw or hurdles or anything that impacted the team score?
1: Not really. I mean, LSU kind of got hit a a couple times with uh, their performances. I'm trying to Calculate the updated uh, women's team score as you talk, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly but surely going through it right now. I'm stealthily editing my calculator. Okay. Without while you're doing know.
0: that, while we're doing that, <laughs> I want people uh, in the chat. If you're in the chat, uh, I want you to tell me how hard do you think a thingmo was going in this 400? One to ten. One being a complete jog, ten being all out. I just want to see if my number matches up with our listeners. How hard do you think a thing Mo was running in that quarter? Because she she was cruising along there. Um, they talked about on the broadcast. She didn't get a good start. She won her heat though, fifty one oh four, which would have also won heat two, but heat three. There were three women who ran quicker than that. But it looked like a comfortable prelim. Looked like she was cruising through. Uh, I know she tweeted afterwards that she's going back to the 800, which I think Mo must have her phone right next to her because again I'm watching her on TV and then I'll, I'm refreshing Twitter and then all of a sudden I see, yup, I'm going back to the eight. And I said, what? I just saw you. How did you get to your phone that quickly? The folks carrying the little bags around in Eugene with the with the clothes in them and the and and, and the, the personal property, the athletes must be moving at Olympic Trials level quality already. Uh, because they got a thing mow her stuff very quickly. Did did you think I see some sixes, some five or six? Uh, DC Knoll says she has two seconds in the tank. Wh- wh- why do you think she's saying she's going to go back to the eight? Just because that was painful, or just because she didn't enjoy the the, the start, the first two hundred?
1: I think because she probably didn't enjoy it, maybe. And I do also know that I mean she she's not entered in the eight hundred at the trials. I mean, not, excuse me, she's not entered in the four hundred at the trials. The the, mm-hmm. the deadline passed. Her name is not on the list. Uh, so she's not even giving herself a safety net of doing the 400. She's 100% only doing the 800 at the trials unless she can get on a, a late ad by calling USATF. But apparently it's kind of hard to do as Eric Holt, one of the distance runners, has been uh, tweeting out that it's very hard to, to uh, enter your time for the Olympic trials. For some reason, I'm not sure if you saw that, but he said it's harder to just qual. The hardest thing about qualifying for the Olympic trials is just submitting your time onto the website. Apparently, anyway, uh, but I mean, I think I think she just you know she's done the 400 a lot now. I mean, think about it. She's done it. She ran it four times. Uh, she's already run a open 400, probably like six to ten times. Plus, when you include the four by four splits. She's probably, like, sick of just doing one lap. She wants to start doing two laps. I mean, let's bring up her T-first page and count the number of 400 versus 800 she's run. I'm going to bring up her T-first.
0: Yeah, while we do that, I, I like Brooks' analysis here in the chat. He says a 7 out of 10 for the first 350 and then a solid 2 to 3 on the last 50. Gregory says she tripped out of the blocks, kind of. I didn't see – it was hard to see from um, – where I was where I was watching uh how like why the start was bad precisely. I don't I didn't catch a replay if they had it. But there you see her season in review. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of four by fours. They've been doing a good job yeah. mixing it up.
1: But if she if she ran the four by four today, she will have run a four hundred twenty times. And she's run an eight hundred one, two, three, four times. She's run a four hundred twenty times and an eight hundred four times. That's that's a big difference. You, typically, 800-meter runners don't do that. They don't run well, 2400s and four 800s. It's a little... Normally, they run like six 800s, three 1500s, and maybe two 400s or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a coach Typically,
0: 800-meter so really runners yeah. don't run 49-point, though, and don't break that's the true. collegiate record in the 400. I think we need to start discussing her as a one-of-one one type of type of athlete so she's on to the final apparently she's anchoring the 4 by 4 as we're recording so if someone in the chat wants to give live play-by-play of how that anchor looks i think she's going to enjoy the anchor more no blocks running start can chase people relays are fun
1: yeah but it's kind of i mean this whole twenty four hundreds and only four eight hundreds <laughs> she's gonna have two more four hundreds, so she's gonna go into the Olympic trials running twenty two four hundreds four eight hundreds, and she's gonna be focused on it's like that that's gotta mean something, do you think when it comes to her Olympic trials chances where like mm-hmm. we're putting a lot of like clout in just a small sample size of eight hundred meter running when you think about it, right? Oh.
0: I I like it more than if those numbers were reversed. It okay. makes me think she's going to do even better than if she had run 2800s and only four 400s because they're limiting the amount of time she's running the race. She made the comment about it's for speed work, so she's staying sharp. Mentally, she's going to go in the race with the idea that she hasn't even – scratched the surface this season when she ran that 157 it was a negative split 60 57 where she blew everybody away imagine if she gets into a final where ajie wilson pushes the pace from the gun and she can just go along for the ride i think they've done a good job managing her races indoors i thought it was an interesting decision just because of the issues with getting to the pole position and how big of a difference that made but outdoors, outdoors, I don't think you can quibble with any of the decisions that they've made in terms of getting her ready to run fast at the trials.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, the you'll know the the hardest part of the entire Olympic trials for a Thingmo is gonna be the second four hundred of the second eight hundred. That makes sense. So cause That's the first two it. The first this two eight hundreds are back to
0: analysis here. This is high. <laughs> the first <level> two 800... <laughs> track analysis. What? Explain. First,
1: it's, it's, it's three rounds of an eight hundred. The first two eight hundreds are back-to-back days. So it's that second okay. eight hundred coming off of back-to-back days. We're in that, and it's the second four hundred of that second eight hundred. That's when we're gonna find out. Cause if she's gonna look she'll be fine in the prelim, right? But then the second one where there's a little bit of fatigue in the legs, just ran a, a, a hard eight hundred. And if it goes out slow, and you don't know what's happening, you know things can happen. You know, I'm just saying that that's that's when you'll know if she's got it in that second 800, the second 400, or the second 800. That's that's where everyone will have it. Whoever whoever, yes, yeah, yeah, that's, I don't know. what I'm saying so. That's I, mean, I do know what final. I'm saying, but
0: I I like what you're saying yeah. because it's it's the level of granular thinking that you put into track and field. It, it may not be true at all. But I like that you agreed to say it. Um, 50.9 on the split. 50.9 on the split, according to folks in the chat. If you're just now joining us, uh, feel free to comment on the chat. I know people are coming to tune in right after the the meet ended. So consider this the post game show. By the way, the Bucs won, Gordon. Just went Did five. they really? The Bucks, win. the Bucks won by three points oh, over the New Jersey dude, Nets look at that in score. a score. Very ugly game. We can talk about that
1: more later. But someone brought it up in the chat.
0: Someone brought yeah. it up in the chat.
1: Uh, Speaking okay, of what, one, one side NBA thing ahead. before we keep on going, we're doing this podcast live tomorrow during the meet. And the meet starts at 7 Central Time. The Sixers game starts at 6.30 Central Time. So basically, I'm going to be, you're going to be able to live witness my emotional uh, reactions to a Sixers game while watching a track meet at the same time. Uh mm-hmm. it's gonna be a little it's gonna be entertainment for you, Kevin. It won't be entertainment for me because I'll be stressed as hell. But for those you're gonna be I've been following the pod. I'll, I'm gonna be a little all over the place tomorrow.
0: You're gonna be trailing off. You should be like, hey, what? Uh who? What happened? My son really likes Trey Young and I needed him to stop that. So I'm on your yeah. side, I guess, for the for the
1: short term. Okay.
0: okay, are you ready to present your updated women's team projections?
1: Oh, Am I ready? You yeah, said you were going to do, do one- that while
0: we talked about a thing Mo. We had an a thingmo aside. You started talking about the most important 150 is the sixth 150 in the semifinal or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, now one- it's your chance though. Okay. Now it's my chance. I'm doing one copy and one paste. Paste special values only it's for those who want to know uh, how this all work, works in Excel. Okay. so. Going into this meet, just so you guys know, Texas A&M was favored with 65, LSU 63, USC 56, Bama 49, Georgia 44. Texas Mm -hmm. A&M still favored with 65 points. So all the people they needed to get through the final got to the final. Their field event point scorers scored exactly the same amount that we expected. USC dropped by six points to 57. LSU, no, no, USC, excuse me, went up one point to 57. LSU went down 10 points to 52. Alabama, they're still in fourth with 44. Georgia, they're in fifth with 43. So going into, uh, into Saturday, A&M favorites, 65. Then USC with 57. LSU, 52. Alabama, 44. Georgia, 43. Oregon, 36. Texas, 31, et cetera. So Three teams have
0: broken
1: away. Yeah, I would say LSU, USC, and A&M are the, the favorites. And then the battle for podium will be like Bama, Georgia, maybe Oregon, but probably not. Probably Bama, Georgia for that fourth
0: spot. I want to bring up the women's long jump real quick because that was an exciting competition. Tara Davis of Texas wins it in 670 with a fifth-round uh, effort. And Tyra, Tyra Gittens, you know, big for AM, Speaking of AM and their team chances, uh, six sixty eight. So got her by two centimeters. And then Jasmine Moore was back there in six sixty five. So top three women separated by just five centimeters. But yeah, good day for for SC. Good day for A and M. And they're going to be facing off against each other a couple times on the final day. All right,
1: I got, I got, I got, I got, a, I got a debate question for you. So, I know we, I wanna talk about the Bowerman on the women's side. Bowerman, for those talk who about don't know, the, can we no, wait no, to just talk hear me about out. The no, 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 we okay. need to talk a little, Let's, let's be good. Uh, Bowerman, it's the Heisman of track and field, right? Who, assuming a Thing Mo wins the 400 and they win the 4x4, mm-hmm. who should be the Bowerman? Tara Davis, the two time NCAA champion with the collegiate record indoor and outdoor, or a Thing Mo? Who has all the collegiate records, but will only have one individual uh, NCAA title? Who would you give it to, Davis or Mo?
0: Mo, I'd give it to Mo. Given that, so you give it to the
1: person who lost an NCAA championship?
0: She got second. That's true. She did not win indoor, outdoor. Four and eight records, the role in the four by four. I don't like these awards. Let me just say I don't like these awards because you're comparing apples to oranges because depending on a person's event group, they just have a much bigger advantage than than somebody else. But let's can we wait to do the Bowerman until the meet's over? Like we don't need a mid, <laughs> interesting. mid meet Bowerman. This is it's like it's like you're in the middle of the NBA finals and you're like, Who's the finals MVP if it stopped after game two? It's like, why well, can we just wait? We have plenty of time to talk about that. Let's see what
1: happens. But Tara I, I Davis could, I, I think it should be Terry. Terry Davis is Davis
0: sensational this year. She's been sensational this year. She's done everything you could ask. The problem is, the Bowerman's in some ca- in some cases, you don't reward perfection because somebody else can also be perfect, or they can make up for deficiencies in a different way, just based on the type of events that they can run. But she's been amazing. I think she's going to make the team as well too. She's going to battle for a medal. David says, give it to Chez, which I think would be your pick.
1: If yes. The option. We should. Or Cameron Rogers, who broke the collegiate record twice in the hammer throw. Mm-hmm. See yeah. that, Cal? Hammer thrower, Cameron Rogers. I like to. 75, 52 meters, one by over four meters. It's crazy.
0: I like to think you can narrow it down to three or four every year. And the finalists should just, that should be it. In most years because then you get into well the javelin thrower can't double it's asking a little bit too much of the javelin thrower to double right or the hammer thrower it's asking a little bit now maggie ewan did all that stuff uh hammer shot disc but most people it's 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 difficult whereas the one and the two the five and the ten a little more natural doubles like great graphics here by cal yeah. social media team by the way that was awesome Look at and that. that was. cool. Can we should I mean, show that again. If you're not watching this, go to Cal Track and Fields' uh, Twitter account with the numbers rolling up there on how far the throw went. That was cool.
1: Well, they like, definitely edited my, it over the weekend and then just Boom, added right in the number at the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's prep work. I respect the prep work. No, I don't think you can go. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong if Mo wins. I don't think you can go wrong with Mo or Davis. I'm not going to argue either one there. The men and now. See, now you've roped me into this thing. I mean, you think Juwan Harrison would do enough, but then you have, if you yeah. have Cole Hawker, if you have Cole Hawker going double
1: after. His if Cole Hawker wins the fifteen to five, it's Hawker one hundred. Hawker one hundred percent. If he wins the fifteen to five, he'll have one four. It'll be him, but he's not going to. It's going to be. Well, so will
0: two. Harrison. Won't Harrison? No, won but four? like
1: Hawkers will be more impressive. They'll give it to Hawker and pretend they're giving it, they're making up for the chess move.
0: That's what they'll do. <laughs> I knew we'd get back to chess. I knew it would all come back to Edward <laughs> Uh, Do you want to do men's picks right now, or did you want to talk about the Diamond League?
1: Let's talk a little bit about the Diamond League, and then we'll end it do with. People, our do people final want picks?
0: To us to talk about the Diamond League? Well,
1: I just think we need to talk about the 5K and the 15. Okay. Let's bring up men's the, 5K. The, yeah. Men's 5K, okay, just, women's 15. First of all, what are your, I mean, first of all, let's bring up Justin Knight's tweet. Travis, can you find Justin Knight's tweet?
0: I didn't know this is where this conversation was going to start. This is where it's going.
1: This is where it's going. Justin Knight, we're working, Travis is slowly getting, we're getting up, but boom. I just want to get the people to see this tweet. He tweeted out three hours ago. First and second fastest North Americans of all time in the 5K, and we're just like getting it. started. Canadian like flag it. picture of Moa Meg mm-hmm. and Justin Knight, two Canadians, and they are the fastest 5K runners in the history of North America. And apparently, and for those who don't know, the United States is part of North America, so definitely a little jab this, at uh, us Americans this, being outrun by two Canadians. Take, okay. This was your takeaway.
0: My takeaway. Yeah, Jakob Ingebrigtsen runs twelve forty eight, and your takeaway nah. is that Canada has a better five k performance than the United States. No, yes, stop that all that.
1: that.
0: Let's talk. Ahmed take- was amazing. didn't Didn't get a PB only because his PB was so ridiculously fast. Justin Knight came on this podcast, said my goal is to run a sub thirteen in twenty twenty one. He's a little reluctant to tell me what the goal was, and then if if you watch that that clip that we've posted, he says ah whatever, sub-13, 13. smashes 13. I mean, just absolutely Ducks. crushes 13, runs 12.51 here. But Ingebritsen got the win. Ingebritzen and Geboet both break 12.50. guy, world record holder, showed some vulnerability here, Gordon. He took the lead after the pacer stepped off and was was clicking off some laps there, but just did not have it over the final portion of this race. And it's set up perfectly for not only Ingebrigtsen to win, but obviously Ingebrigtsen to run fast because it narrowed down the field. And then with his 1,500-meter speed, you had to like him to emerge from that group in the last 100. Breaks the European record with that mark. Geberwet close behind. It's going to set up a very interesting decision for Ingebrigtsen at the Olympics. Does he do both? Does he do just the 15? Does he do just the 5? The double is technically doable, but it's going to be very challenging. He did both in Doha, but obviously obviously, a good decision uh, that he's being forced to make here.
1: I think he's got to do the five. I think this performance, seeing what Sheptegei does in this type of environment is definitely a positive for him. He's like, okay, the world record holder – can't handle this style of racing without the lights and the pacing and perfect everything around him. Perfect. He knows he's going to have the best kick of anyone in this field because Chariot's not there. And I think, I think his, I think he needs Chariot to have a bad race for him to win the 1500. He doesn't need anyone to have a bad race in the 5k for him to win the 5k. He just needs to have his own good race and he'll win.
0: I don't, quibble with anything you've said in terms of chariots dominance, but let's not overreact to one chapter guy, bad race, by the way, bad race is 1254 because he's won championship (laughs) races before he won the 10,000 in Doha. Now he ran it in a fast time. When I was watching chapter guy run this race and he took over the lead when the Pacer stepped off, I thought, okay, he's trying to simulate what he's going to do in the Olympics. That's what I thought, where he wants to have that longer push from home. And it didn't work out this time, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be able to make it happen in Tokyo in a couple months. But if you want to beat Jacob Ingebrigtsen in a 5,000, you do not want to have him near you with 100 to go in 2021. That might have worked in 2019 at the World Championships, but in 2021, he just has too good of a kick. You cannot have him near you in the last 100 and, and expect to prevail even off of a pace that quickly. But like I said, this thing just got set up perfectly for him. And you know, since we are talking about this after the NCAA championships, you know what this race reminded me of? It reminded me of the 10K the, the night before, where Kiptu was Chepta guy, right? The guy yeah. everybody is everybody's keying off of the alpha in the race. And then they clearly don't have it. Drift back. And then obviously Chepta guy or Ingebrigtsen Britson is not a, a shock winner in the same way that Patrick Deaver might've been, but you have everybody's race plan kind of get a bit scrambled because you're expecting chapter guy just to grind this thing out and get the win. And it doesn't happen. And it was left to, to the fastest closer, but yeah, bunch of PRs all around in that men's 5,000. It was a fun one to watch for sure. Lived up to the hype without that many people. Sometimes it's diminishing returns. You throw another amazing athlete in there and they sometimes spend a lot of time looking at each other, but this one was, was fabulous.
1: I think this race kind of signifies the change of what it means to be elite in international 5,000-meter running. I think mm-hmm. five years ago, you broke 13, you were considered elite. I mm-hmm. think now you need to break 1250 to be considered elite. I think there's just that just that change where like, I mean, some people will say it's the shoes or whatever, but... I just think there's going to be a more. I remember, was it two or three years ago, there was like a whole thing about like why aren't 5,000-meter men breaking 13 minutes, right? That was a thing, Lincoln right?
0: Wrote, Lincoln wrote an article. Link, Lincoln just started back at Flow, wrote that article, and then two weeks later, maybe, there was the Brussels Diamond League where everybody went nuts, Kajelka, Borrega, yeah. Gabriolet, and they smashed it. But you're right, yes, there was a season where people were not cracking 13.
1: And I think now in order to like officially become like, hey, I am a top eight in the world, you need to be a sub 1250 guy. Yeah, Bef- yeah, Five years ago, it needed to be a sub 13 guy to be a top eight person. But just yeah. things have changed.
0: I 100% agree with that. And for the United States, that means everybody's gonna have to up their game. Obviously the US has had some quick performances over the last couple of years in the 5K, uh, but this is the expectation. At this point, this is what it's going to take to medal. It's and especially with those times we just saw the Ethiopian trials, men's and women's in Hangzhou. If people didn't see those, that was the same meet where Latencype Gede breaks Sifan Hassan's record that was only a couple days old. So you know the the quality performance is just is just ratcheting up in these distance races. Uh, speaking of Sifan Hassan, that fifteen hundred. Sorry, I was looking at these comments. We got a lot of good comments here. DC Noel says, I think Ingebrigtsen made Cheptergaard rethink his entire strategy for the Olympics. He needs to go harder. Do yeah. you think that's true? Do you think well, that's you true? Well,
1: you just said in order to beat Ingebrigtsen, you need to not be with him with 100 meters to go. Okay. Yeah. We saw a 1248 race. So clearly you would be with him if it's a 1310 race, a 13 flat race yes. or a 1250 yes. race. So in order to make him yeah. not near you, you need to make it like a 1240 race. In order for them to not be near you. Like you're gonna need to be like, hey, go out there, it's just click off sixty seconds as long mm-hmm. as you possibly can. And then hope you he needs to he needs to run like Kip Two. He needs to. Kip two was really yeah. ahead of everyone. He was thinking before everyone else, he's like, This is the future of how to win races. You gotta go out in sixty seconds. I think I think he was on to something.
0: <laughs> All right, that
1: women's fifteen,
0: which was the other highlight of this meet, Safan Asan. And Faith Kipyegon had a classic. This was a amazing, amazing race between the two. Hassan prevails, 353.63 to Kipyegon's 353.91. Muir was in the mix, as she always is, and finishes in third, 355.59. So in the same week, Safan Hassan breaks the 10K world record, has her 10K world record broken, and then runs a 350, 353 in the 1500 she's run faster she ran that 351 in doha and that was in close proximity to a 10k so this is this is something she is very familiar with not entirely surprising that she was able to do it but it is still impressive to watch her just jump around to different events and beat the best people in the world gordon
1: i have a feeling that there's a there's a group text there's like a facebook group or a group message with the best mm-hmm. 1500 meter women, 5K women and 10K women. Mm-hmm. And the only person not invited to it is Safan Hassan because they're all talking about like, all right, how do we get her not to run our event? Because they know she can't do all three. They know mm-hmm. she's gonna do two of the three. So they're all gonna be fighting over like, how do we tell Safan, hey, 5K is not for you. Hey, don't do the 10K. Hey, stay out of the 15. Because basically I think Hassan is, Super if 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 we can gamble, I'm parlaying her pulling off the double hundred percent because I don't see anyone upsetting Hassan in whatever two events she chooses to run.
0: Fifteen and five seem to be out based on the schedule. So we could do the Safan Hassan double, the Hassan Hathonathon, Safonathon. There we go. The 1510. Or you know, the big one, like she did before. And she's only she's the only one who's done it in history, so it is named after her. Or she could go five ten. I thought entering the year five ten. I thought fifteen, ten, yeah, that was a one-time thing, and then she'll go back to the more traditional five ten. But then you watch what Gade does in the 10, breaks her world record. Okay, maybe you think that one's gonna be tough, but then she she can run faster in the 10 as well, too. It's not like she didn't do an amazing performance just a couple of days before that. I still think it's going to end up being 5 and 10. But I would not – just because she's going to need to be at her best in both and with the rounds with the 1,500, I think you'd want to avoid that. Kip not going anywhere, so I think it would still be the 5 and the 10. What do you think – this is an interesting scenario we have here, right? So she runs this 3.53 after she runs the crazy 10,000. Now she's run a a 5,000 this year. But by the standard of the 15 and the 10, it was a modest 14.35. What's If she had a week to get ready for a 5K, what sort of shape do you think she'd be in right now for a 5K? Sub 14.10. Uh,
1: I'm, not, I'm not ready to say sub 14, but I think she could run 14.0.
0: Okay. What do you 14-0. think? 14.0. So, so you think – at minimum, number two time all time. No, I think that yeah. that matches. Yeah. I'm just thinking if you had, you know, because it's tough to find somebody with her range is impossible to find for women. So if I told you, oh yeah, a man has run uh, 2906 and 353 recently, what are they going to run in a 5K? It, it would be interesting to see what, what you'd come up with. But clearly her season best is going to get demolished. And I think her lifetime best of, 1422 is just going to get destroyed the next time she runs it. That seems inevitable.
1: Yeah, I think it's cool that we're going to have the women's world records be 2859 and 1359 in our lifetime. We just know, mm-hmm. not even our lifetime in our in our 30s, right? In a few years, if not less, before. You know. But I think it's kind of cool. I used to think, you know, you would think some of these barriers were like impossible, like the way you'd say, "No one's ever going to break." nine seconds in a hundred, right? You're like, it's mm-hmm. just not going to ever be possible. You know, sometimes I, I would think sub 14 was one of those type of marks or sub 29, but clearly it's not because we're seeing multiple women be in that in that category and potentially can break it in their career, which is crazy.
0: I got bad news for you, Gordon. You might be out of your thirties by the time you see a sub nine second hundred.
1: Well, yeah, I know that. I know
0: that. <laughs> well, you're a young guy, but I you're am not young. that.
1: I'm not
0: that. Uh, David says 353 is pretty slow for a guy breaking 14. Yeah, obviously there's there's some differences here, but we won't we don't know until she actually decides to run it. And I need her to run it now because I need to know with her current shape, like right now. I mean, rest a little bit, but when she's in the same training cycle and when she has the hot hand, how how good is she? All right, let's do quick predictions for the men. Before we do that though. Khalil has a question in the chat, and this is something you texted me about Michael Norman. He says, Norman declared to run the 200 at the trials and the 400 as well. Thoughts, it's on USATF entries, off topic, but want to know your thoughts.
1: Well, first question is going to be towards you, is what is the order of events at the trials?
0: The 400 is in the first part of the meet and then the 200 is in the second part of the meet. So there's plenty of time to rest because you have two whole off days there in the middle. It's very doable in terms of at the Olympic trials. yeah.
1: So the fact that 200 is after the 400 makes me think that it clearly is a safety um, net uh, event for him because he can focus primarily on his one event, the 400. If something crazy happens – he gets fourth and gets out leaned or something like that. He knows he can come back and still make the Olympics into two hundred. He he's he scratched the two hundred before at USA's. I remember he scratched the two hundred in twenty. Was it nineteen or eighteen? I think it was nineteen. Mm-hmm. Was raining. He decided not to show up for the two hundred. He was like, "All right, I'm not doing it." Oh it yes.
0: yeah. That was that was eighteen. That was eighteen. Yeah, was
1: eighteen. Yeah. It. Yep. Where he's like, "All right, I'm not going to do it. I could." I think clearly because of the order, it's because for safety net, now if the 200 was before the 400, then we're talking like, oh, he's like, he's he's trying something here. But because mm-hmm. it's after, you can't really put too much weight into it. We'd have to ask him, I guess. I think he's waiting remember, to do the 2-4 double next year and not this year.
0: So. Yeah. It's a bit tricky too when you look at it with the Olympic schedule. But just, just focusing on the trials for now. Yeah, there's a couple different options. It's just an insurance policy in case something goes wrong in the 400. Or he just wants to get another really good effort in. He'll run it yeah. and then scratch and then scratch out of it, right? He'll make the team or, he'll, or whatever place he finishes. He has no intention of actually running at the Olympics. But hey, it's a good opportunity to run a high level 200. I'll take that and then I'll scratch. I would be shocked if we saw him in a 200 in Tokyo. I'll say that. I will not be shocked if we see him in a 200 in Eugene. I would love it if we see him in a 200. Can you imagine the men's 200 battle now? Norman, yeah. Lyles, bednarick Laird.
1: Dude, you're, good, Gordon. You're, the deed to your house is slowly falling apart. <laughs> I mean, now You see Laird doing his thing. Now Norman might be coming for Lyles. The sure thing of Lyles is not, it's not aging well. Maybe listen. We'll know. We all say we want to gamble on track.
0: We, we all say <laughs> we want to gamble on track and then I say something stupid like that and it follows me wherever we go. All right, let's go to predictions. Mens. Do you want me to go event by event? Do you want to just pick out some events? How do you want to do this?
1: Okay, uh team it's going to be LSU. So that's not really We'll just go event by event. Should I just do rapid fire back and forth? I go, then you go. I go, then you go.
0: Yeah. You want to field too? Okay. Run yeah, events? I'll just go Run right down the list.
1: We'll, we'll do men only because we can do the women's predictions uh, tomorrow. So, okay. You ready? 100. I'm ready. 100. I'm going to Master Mungawi. See, I want to pick different stuff from you. Uh,
0: so you don't have to. Yeah. yeah. Just pick this in. No. I
1: think Maswangani too. Okay. 200, I'm going with Laird. Revenge Laird, because Laird, Laird's like pissed off that he lost 100. you going with Laird yep, as well? Yeah, I got Laird. Yep. 400, I'm going with Noah Williams. Well, you have to go with
0: Noah Williams now. I'm going to go with Trevor yeah. Stewart. I'm going Trevor Ooh, Stewart.
1: Okay. Uh, 800, I'm going with Isaiah Jewett. And – I think people aren't going to pick him because he didn't have a good prelim, but I feel like he's going to put himself together and go out in 49 seconds, make it honest, and run 144 for the win.
0: I'm going Charlie Hunter, as I said yesterday. Looked comfortable, knows how to get it done, running at home. That's my pick.
1: 1500. Got to go with goose. I've
0: been saying it. With so I've probably changed my pick. In this event, 12 times um, throughout the course of the season. I probably said Hawker at one point. I probably said Negues at one point. I probably said Sam Tanner at one point. I'll go back to the original pick, Cole Hawker.
1: Wow. All right. Good luck with that. Steeple. All right. I'm going with, I'm just going to go out of left field. And I just want, like, mm. you know, we need a, this is going to be like the uh, Pat Deaver of. Of the Friday. I'm going with Bennett Pascal of Arkansas State. It's the fastest mm. time in the field. Why not? Bennett Pascal. Okay.
0: Bennett Pascal. I'm going Ryan Smeaton. Oklahoma State. Okay. Ryan Smeaton. Okay. Oklahoma he- State. Experience. Emerged on the scene a couple of years ago, been a little quiet, but he's gonna get the win.
1: Uh, let's let's go back backwards and let's go back to the one ten hurdles. Um <laughs> I'm going with LSU's Damian Thomas.
0: Same. He looked really good. Uh, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna win this one, potentially. PB set himself up for a good post NCAA season as well too.
1: Four hundred hurdles. I am gonna go. I'm gonna go A and M. I'm going with Molitali Pokey. I don't know how to say his name.
0: Yeah and Poke. Yeah. Mpoke. Comes in as the yeah, he's run forty-eight eighty one. You know, LSU with Sean Burrell will be interesting to see because this is if if the the sweep is still in play by the time they they get to this event. I like him poke. I'm gonna get go with Burrell though on a lean. But I think this is gonna be close. Might be the closest race we see all day.
1: Okay. Uh let's go to the relays. Four by one. I'm going with Houston. Houston gets it done. LSU,
0: LSU. So I think what we're going to have is we're going to have LSU gets the four by one, Maswangani gets the open one, and then Laird gets the 200. So it's going to go back and forth throughout the day.
1: Yeah, I, I can see that too. But I'm going with Houston. Uh, four by four, I'm going with A&T. They're clearly the best. They got two 400 guys in their final. So
0: Yeah, that would be silly to pick anybody else. Sub three,
1: North Carolina A&T. Okay. Uh discus throw. Ooh, I'm going with go. Turner Washington of Arizona State purely because he won the shot put. He's a monster and he has the best mark in the field. Yes. Turner Washington. Another
0: person, Bowerman. Bowerman possibility. Yeah, he's
1: a Bowerman guy. Yeah, yeah. You agree with me? Are you in the same? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh locked I, in. Locked in on Turner. High jump. Are you going with the same one? Harrison? LSU? Javon Harrison. Javon Harrison. Another Bowerman candidate. Okay. Triple jump. I'm going with – I'm going uh, with – I think the Oregon guy's going to win again. He's on his home home track. Emmanuel Emeji. Okay.
0: The freshman. I'm going with the
1: number one freshman. seed.
0: O'Brien Osome of Texas. Senior from Texas. Beats the freshman for the title.
1: Okay. Final event. Saved it for best for last. Men's 5K. We have. You didn't do.
0: Okay. Uh, We're doing 5K now. I
1: do. I, what? Did I miss anything? Uh, we no, we all? got it all.
0: We got it all already. already. Men's uh,
1: 5K. So you, you, have, you have the likes of Casey Klinger, you have Athanas Kyoko, Amon Kemboy, Robert Brandt, who ran fourth in the 10K, Rezi Kiptu, who ran 11th, Cole Hawker, coming off the 1500, Cooper Tier, fresh in the 5K, Luis Grijalva, fresh in the 5K. Who are you going with? You go first.
0: Okay. Do you remember when we would do cross-country picks, and we'd get to the end of the show, and I'd say, hey, should we take a long time, or we should you take a little bit of time? And you'd tell me just based on how much time was in, left in the show, uh, and sometimes yeah. I had to stretch, and sometimes I just did a little bit. Sometimes i do these big, long windups and then do a turn at the end. I could do one of those for this because we've been talking about the men's 5K so long. <laughs> you had the eight people at the beginning of the year, but obviously Nagoose wasn't going to run the 5K. And then you have Connor Mance choose the 10 and not the 5. And then you have Edwin Kurgott not run it either. And then you have Wesley Kiptu just fall apart in the 10,000. So now I really think and we're going to the Nico Young, not Nico Young
1: the
0: did not make the meet. meet. So listen, it Grijalva, Hawker tier I think that's that top tier. I'd be There's crazy no to, guys
1: as Kyle Merber said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would be crazy. I'd be crazy to stick with my kip two pick from earlier in the year. I'd be crazy you, to do that again, Gordon, you, based you, on you, what he did.
1: He'd Potentially let go from Flowtrack. You know, yes.
0: Yeah, and that would not be good for my house. So <laughs> exactly. I'm going I'm going Cooper tier. I know there's a lot of other guys mm. who can factor in, especially if the pace is is weird, right? You have Patrick Deaver coming back in the 10,000. 10, 10,000-meter winner, right? You got him. You got Robert Brandt, who ran really well in the in the in the 10,000. You got Casey Klinger. I'm going to go tier. It's a close one over Grijalva and Hawker.
1: All I know is the only reason you're going with tier is because you don't want to admit that I was right and that Luis Grijalva is going to win because Grijalva is going to win, and you coming around full circle and being like, I guess Grijalva is going to win. You don't want to be that guy, so you had a zag while I zigged. Should I stick with Kip2 instead? (laughs) No, I mean, it's going to be Grijalva one and Tier second, and Kip2 probably falls apart. I think Kip2, though, should go out in 59 seconds and just make it all fun. I hope he does. Yeah, can I...
0: Can I alter my pick based on the first – I don't need the first half of the race or the first mile. I just need the first 200 split. If you could tell me that, I'd have a lot easier time making this pick. Man, no, I I think Rehobo is a solid pick as well too. And Hawker, I think it's just going to be too tough to do that double, even by Hawker standards. If he pulls that off, that is going to be even more impressive than what he did indoors, which was saying something because oh, yeah. I didn't think 100%. he could get any better.
1: It's a competition. All right, we'll leave it
0: there. Explain again what the situation is for tomorrow's recording, please.
1: So tomorrow we're going to be going live during the competition, Uh sorry the first uh, track race, which starts at 7 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Western, We'll be live the entire meet, breaking down the team scores, reacting Western. to each race. Did you just make up a new time zone? Western. Western. Western time zone. Pacific. Western Pacific. They added a fifth ocean. There's now a southern ocean. So they add oh. a new time zone. Western time zone. Uh, anyway, yeah, going live at the start of the race on Friday, tomorrow. And then we'll do the same thing on Saturday for the women. But join us. It's going to be a great two and a half hours of watching some track together. I'm Gordon. You're Kevin. Listen to the pod, subscribe, like, do all that stuff that you do on the internet. Go Sixers.